Good day all. In this recording, I'll be discussing a poem titled Hovering at a Low Altitude, penned by Dalia Ravikovich. Hovering at a Low Altitude by Dalia Ravikovich. Dalia Ravikovich was an Israeli poet, translator, and a peace activist. The esteemed literary scholar Baruch Kurtzweil wrote in the Daily Haaretz in 1959 about Dalia Ravikovich as a quote Dalia Ravikovich has her own lyrical voice and quote He wrote this upon the publication of Ravikovich's first book The Love of an Orange Ever since Kurtzweil's spirited acknowledgement of her work when the poet was only 23 years old Ravikovich has been considered as a wonderful gift to Hebrew culture by the most conservative forces in Hebrew literature as well as by the most progressive. Among her many awards are the Bialik Prize, the Brenner Prize, the Shlonsky Prize, the Prime Minister's Award and the prestigious Israeli Prize which she won in 1998. Ravikovich published some 20 volumes of works including two poetry books for children and three collections of short stories. She translated into Hebrew poems by Yeats, T.S. Eliot, Poe and others as well as children's classics such as Mary Poppins. For some time she earned a living through journalism, inter alia working for the daily Marev, but in the 1980s resigned from her post there and lived in perpetual anxiety regarding her livelihood. When Ravikovich's poem began to appear in the late 1950s, she was virtually the only recognized female Hebrew poet of her generation. She was an instant success in a male-dominated field of Hebrew poetry, even though her works were antithetical to those of her contemporaries and to the poetic ideals they had established for their time. Rejecting the highly figurative language of their predecessors, they placed their values in clarity and exactness of detail, in the fluidity of every language, and in declining to implicate in the poem's effect any extended abstract meanings. Ravikovich's early works, conversely, were lyrical and abstract. They were traditionally structured and rhymed and her language was highly adorned and especially fanciful. In the context of literary history, the poetics of Ravikovich's contemporaries were largely imagistic and effectively ascetic, while hers were symbolist and hedonistic. Their works were progressive, while hers were somewhat retrogressive. Celebrated as the preeminent successor of Leigh Goldberg, the only, female, the only major female poet in Israel in the 1930s and 1940s, Ravikovich's recognition by the literary establishment was thus based on gendered presumptions and her divergent work was measured against the separate and distinctive tradition of women's Hebrew poetry. Ravikovich's early works indeed appear prototypically female. 
graceful, subtle and meek, her lyrical poems present a tiny woman struggling to survive in an overwhelming universe. A clockwork doll controlled by savage men, she is entrapped in her femininity and compelled to become precisely what men want her to be, a sheltered little princess. Speaking in childish, intensely emotional tones, the female speaker in Ravikocha's poems laments the loss of her tender childhood dreams as she acquiescently succumbs to the harshness of adult existence. Presumably speaking in her own voice, the poet expresses much yearning for the love of the father she hardly knew, all the while portraying him in the image of a distant heartless authoritarian figure she also yearns for the love of a man yet far from being a desired bliss love for her is a brutal and destructive affair rendering the experience of earthly love as an unfulfilling and self-annihilating matter that grows not out of emotions but simply bodily desires ravikosh goes on to create for her loveless dejected soul a gratifying existence in some imagined paradisical state away from its anguished realities marked by a regression to childhood fantasies and dreams the wish to transcend in ravikocha's poems frequently assumes imaginary visits to exotic lands such as china and madagascar scandinavia australia and new zealand At first blush, these fabulous journeys served to calm the speaker's tormented mind. Yet, the poet's objectives are far-reaching as she seeks to shatter the social and cultural boundaries in which she feels entrapped in hope of finding in all remote places models of a different life, free of authoritarian practices and stifling conventions. Always in a fluid state of transformation, she is eager to create for herself spaces of freedom and independence, usually not usually to no avail. Every attempt to break away results in a disappointing return to a stifling existence in a world governed by customs and laws she is unable to escape. The highly stylized concept
Wondering what has been happening to us and to the ideological dreams of Israel's founding fathers, he cited Israel's propensity to vendor war, death, and destruction, and denounced all forms of aggression and misuse of power. Though her expressed lyricism remained essentially unchanged and could sometimes evoke the sense of emotion thermal displayed in her earlier poetry, in the course of four decades, Rovikovich developed into a versatile writer who engaged in a wide range of issues, personal and general, local and international. She never abandoned typically female topics such women's entrapment in the kitchen and she gingerly poetized about her experiences as mother to her only son. Through her writing from victimization, one hears the voices of those oppressed and depressed by tyranny and violence and begins to recognize the injustices that are built into our lives, our society, and our culture. Always given to bouts of depression, Lavikovich died on August 21, 2005. Deeply mourned by the country's literary establishment, she was widely eulogized as the silent greatest woman poet. Now moving on to the poem, Hovering at a Low Altitude. I'm not here. I'm on those craggy eastern hills sprayed with ice where grass doesn't grow and a sweeping shadow overruns the slope. A little shepherd girl with a herd of goats, black goats, emerges suddenly from an unseen tent. She won't live out that day, that girl in the pasture. I'm not here. Inside the gaping mouth of the mountain, a red glow flares, not yet a sun. A legion of frost, flushed and sickly, revolves in that mood. And the little one rose so early to go to the pasture. She doesn't walk with neck outstretched and wanton glances. She doesn't paint her eyes with coal. She doesn't ask, whence cometh my help? I am not here. I have been in the mountains many days now. The light will not scorch me. The frost cannot touch me. Nothing can amaze me now. I have seen worse things in my life. I tuck my dress tightly around my legs and hover very close to the ground. Whatever was she thinking, that girl, wild to look at, unwashed, for a moment she crouches down, her cheeks soft silk, frostbite on the back of her hand. She seems distracted, but no, in fact, she's alert, she still has few hours left. But that's hardly the object of my meditations. My thoughts, soft as dawn, question me. Sorry, my thoughts, soft as dawn, cushion me comfortably. I have found a very simple method, not so much as a food breath on land and not flying either, hovering at a low altitude. But as day tends toward noon, many hours after sunrise, that man makes his way up to the mountain. He looks innocent enough. The girl is right there near him, not another soul around. And if she runs for car or cries out, there's no place to hide in the mountains. I'm not here. 
am above those savage mountain ranges in the farthest reaches of the east no need to elaborate with a single hurling thirst one can hover and whirl about with the speed of the wind can make a gateway and persuade myself i haven't seen anything and the little one her eyes start from their sockets her palate as dry as a post shirt and when a hard hand grabs her hair ripping her without a shred of pity Hovering at a low altitude is one of Rebekovich's poems detailing the horrendous consequences of war, especially on women, who always remain at a vulnerable stage. Here, she describes the rape of a young shepherd girl. The poem begins, begins with a strong statement, but what seems quite dignity. I quote, I am not here, unquote. This line initiates right away a yearning for detachment and this rings throughout forming the refrain of the poem the vivid horrific event described in is continually juxtaposed with these statements i am not here i am not here the speaker repeats again and again as if she is trying to tell herself make herself believe that she is not and between these lines the story comes out The poem first introduces the girl then right away says she won't live out the day that girl this is such a simple grave statement and almost initiates sorry imitates a childlike honesty without sparing words the speaker tells the readers right away that this girl is doomed there is a sorrow a pity in that simple statement At times the speaker has to bring up an unfeeling omniscient observer seeming to watch from the aloof all that happens but at other times the speaker expresses very strong emotions in one in one of the instances the following lines she objectively describes more the circumstances of the situation and the girl saying a quote from the deep mountain gorge a red globe floats up not yet a sun and quote soon though the narrator's motions surface she turns back inward saying i quote i am not here and quote then the line i quote from the poem the line will not burn me the frost won't touch me why be astonished now have seen worse things in my life and quote these lines seems as if the poet is attempting to comfort herself trying to calm herself down the lines hint at the idea that she is only trying to make herself believe what she is saying that she is not bothered but that she is really emotionally affected the next line can be regarded as one of the most important lines in the poem as she says I quote I gather my skirt and hover very close to the ground I unquote This hovering is referred to in the name of the poem of course and later it is described more I quote My thoughts question me gently comfortably I have found a very simple method not with my feet on the ground and not flying hovering at a low altitude I unquote 
The visual image of this is almost angel like this omniscient viewer suspended in the air watching everything that was happening to the shepherd girl but the image created does not completely follow an angelic theme the observer is not completely worried about the girl she watches she is also looking out for herself her hovering is more about being able to protect and cushion herself detach herself from the danger that is going to happen in front of her eyes this is an ever present conflict in the poem the lines sandwiched between the ones above about her detachment suggest that she wasn't quite so uninvolved and cushioned from the situation as she would like from her vivid detailed description it seems that the viewer was deeply intent on watching everything about the girl and not so much on detaching herself which is suggested through the lines i quote what is she thinking that girl for a moment she crouches down her cheeks flushed frost bite on the back of her hands and quote the scene imprinted this clearly doesn't seem like it would be easily forgotten later the observer addresses the saying i quote with one strong push i can horror and whirl around with the speed of the wind i can get away and say to myself i haven't seen a thing i unquote but these lines are ironically followed by the most vivid horrific lines of the poem describing incredibly vivid images the girl's reaction before death again it is hard to believe that this narrator could every really forget throughout the poem there is this conflict between what the narrator sees and what she wants to see when talking about her ability to detach herself the speaker is talking directly to herself telling herself she isn't where she is or she isn't seeing what she sees but it seems that there is a difference between what she is telling herself and her true reality this seems crucial the sort of inner turmoil that is created out of the traumatic experience the mind replaying and replaying the event while some part of the person learns to control it and disprove or discredit its truth Ravikovich's refrain in this poem i quote i am not here and unquote can also be suggestive of her strong disappointment and frustration for being able to revive the shepherd girl who for being unable to revive the shepherd girl who had been brutally raped and the ferocity of the deed is mentioned through the lines i quote and little one her eyes start from their sockets her palate and dry as a post shirt sorry post heard when a hard hand grasps her hair gripping her without a shred of pity i unquote Ravikovich seems to capture in this poem an incredible amount of empathy and emotional understanding of the injustice she describes and its effects. The sorrow and regret Ravikovich must feel for such events resonates very strongly throughout the work. A deeper analysis of the poem by maintaining the 
Life situations of the poet brings out the most crucial and all-pervading patriarchal dominance that hinders her growth as a poet among her contemporary male poets. The rape of the girl is symbolic of the life of every woman who is being persecuted based on gender. In this male chauvinistic world, where she is denied of all kinds of freedom and expression, she is always accepted to remain docile, an exhibition of her potential that may even threaten the opportunities of men are greatly restricted. Being and not being a witness to the rape of the shepherd girl, the poet is striving hard to maintain an equilibrium in her life by not succumbing to patriarchal ascendancy. So that's all about the poem Hovering at a Low Altitude by Dalia Ravikovich.